It's time to take a K-drama coffee break with the K3. And the next show, I need him either to be a villain who loves the villainy, like he totally embraces it and he became a villain because he wants to be a villain, or we need to have him just be a good guy because I can't watch another character of his take a header off a building because the society wronged him as a child and made him into a complete lunatic. everyone. Welcome to the K-Drama Coffee Break. We are the K3. I'm Jen. We've got Caitlin with us today. Caitlin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. We are K-Drama fans just like you, and we are just here to hang out and talk about our watch list, which is why we call it a K-Drama Coffee Break. We're just a bunch of K-Drama BFFs hanging out, drinking some coffee. And as I said on Twitter, I am double-fisted on the Venti Americanos today. If you are in the chat, we see you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you are watching it on the replay, also thank you. Love hearing your comments after you've watched it. And if you're on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. If you guys enjoyed it and you want to hear more of it, go ahead and give us that like so that all of the different sources are like, hey, this is fun. People enjoy it. We'll show more. How was your K-drama week, Caitlin? Overall, it was good, except I had to like rush watch like three dramas because I decided to be social this week and not be (gasps) in my apartment. (laughs) I didn't have as many nights to watch them. But that's awesome. But did you have a lovely time out in the world of the Windy City? Of Chicago? Yeah, I did. I did. It was nice. That's great. I love it. I am a hermit and I still end up watching three hours worth of drama (laughs) Sunday morning before we go live. It happens every (laughs) week. I'm like, I was telling Caitlin before we went live, I'm like, I was that I was crushing my watch list. And then I went up walking to go get my coffee. And I'm like, oh my God, I completely forgot to watch Decoy. So I've only watched the first half hour of Decoy this week. <laughs> we do have a poll going on as to which premiere that you like the most. It looks like Steeler the Treasure Keeper is, taken, is taking a commanding lead. And nobody seems to have watched Pale Moon or Dr. Cha. So everyone's in the same boat as me, which is awesome. And I'm not going to lie. The the subject matter of Pale Moon just really did not call to me. <laughs> I was just like, mm. I probably would have checked it out <laughs> if I was able to find it legally. Of course you would have, Caitlin. Of course yeah. You I mean, you know, yeah. I'm all the multi- I'm, I'm your Mokjong girl. Like the crazier I, the plot line, the better. And yet I you mean, are not watching Pandora. I know. I was about yet. to say that. I was on Pandora's on Hulu now. I am definitely going to check that out. <laughs> It, 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 when did it land on Hulu? Hulu? This past week. They put up the first really? three episodes. Three, <gasps> two episodes. Are we ready to get started with the premieres we did watch? You guys want to jump in? Let's take a look real quick at which premieres we had. And this is our calendar that we have for our, our sponsors over on Kofi. It's just $3 a month and you get access to this. And we love it. So let's talk about Treasure Keeper. Steeler the Treasure Keeper, okay? So this is the one. This is our cast. We got Juwan, who is our boy from, and I didn't realize this, Alice which does not bode well <laughs> for me. <laughs> I jumped in and I was like super, I kind of was digging it. It was like kind of like reading a comic book. I'm enjoying the trio. I'm enjoying the crew. I'm enjoying the fact that this woman got another hacker Ajima with Lee Chung Ja. She's like this, you know, techie lady who's got, she's like the Q and the hacker Ajima. And she's just, she's a lot of fun. But I'm just, my biggest note was this. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's a super fun concept, but it's super clunky in execution. And that's my problem, y'all. So I might give it a couple more episodes. The concept grabbed me. The fun of it grabbed me. Again, the way they executed it, it was just kind of like, I didn't care. I heard it described as the Korean Deadpool. That's what I heard it described as. Do not judge me. I have not seen Deadpool. Uh, I don't know why I haven't seen Deadpool because I love Ryan Reynolds so much, mm-hmm. but I've not watched Deadpool. His outfit is very Deadpool-esque. So I've seen Deadpool. So being it, seeing as it was described and then seeing like the trailer and how Juwan's character is when he's in like mm-hmm. his black getup, that's Deadpool. How he, how the humor about it, how he kind of goes about his mannerisms, that that's Deadpool. Okay, and I did it's probably I not as it. raunchy as Deadpool, but it's right. The main See, maybe that I love. I love raunchy, so I wish they'd be a little yeah. more raunchy. I wish. I feel like everyone we have met in the first two episodes need a backstory to understand why they do what they do. Yeah, Christabel, it was was really. It was just like I said. It was just super clunky. It wasn't. It was. 
the villain is fantastic, right? So it's this dude who walks in, he's selling these chosen coins, right? With holes in them. So clearly they were like probably strung on a necklace or something because they all have these holes or all these 1,400-year-old coins that he's trying to get. The one main villain, Mr. Yang, rolls in on his like Bond villain wheelchair into the thing because he's going to kill this guy for his coins. And this guy's like this little, he's like this businessman who's all like nerdy and this. And then he he's like, how did you walk in here without without a weapon? And he just kind of laughs and pulls his pen out of his pocket and proceeds to pressure point kill 15 people. And without even like breaking a sweat. The kids were great. You knew as soon as the kids didn't get any money for that coin though, that we were like, oh, someone's coming after that coin. It's happening. And so the villain is super cool. The Deadpool concept is super cool. Hacker Ajima's, she's okay. I'm not hugely familiar with Che Hua Jung, who's the actress who's playing her. She's a little bit, she's, I wasn't, I didn't love her as much as Hacker Ajima. Like, listen, from Healer. Well, you can't really compare them. There's a lot of fun elements to it. Right, exactly. Someone to come together and save the kids. Can we talk about the fact that young children living alone by themselves because everyone has died that was raising them is just a, such a, such a, What's the word I'm looking for, Caitlin? What is the, it is such an odd concept to me. It's not the word I'm looking for. Odd is not the right word I'm looking for, but such an, a, a foreign concept to me as in like different, like it just like, wait, why are these, like this girl's like 13 years old and raising her eight-year-old brother. It was really strange. And I know it, we see it a lot in K-drama. So I just, I'm wondering if that's just the norm. Okay, 926. Episode one was supposed to be set up, but at this point, I don't really care for the main characters. Hacker Ajima is a bit over the top. Thank you. Exactly. Like she was just, Yeah. Everything is just like a half a beat off the rhythm that would have made this fantastic for me. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I'll probably give it a couple more episodes to see if it settles in. But yeah, it just, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't love it. I didn't, I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it really bad. You guys all know, based on me talking, I work in the location department here in Hollywood. And so I'm always like, when I look at like locations, I'm always, you know, it's not that I'm like super, I'm not super nerdy about the locations, but I'm always curious about how they choose locations. Can we just talk about the fact that our villain's lair had a bowling alley in it for no apparent reason? (laughs) I was like, I mean, this is so interesting. They used the bowling lane to wheel his wheelchair down to have a full conversation in front of a full set of pins. And I was like, this is so interesting to me because like here in, in Hollywood, because this lair never is going to be used again, right? Because this guy, the, if you, I know this is not a big spoiler. The guy with the pen killed everyone, including the man the, who we thought was the big bad in the wheelchair with this pen. Yeah. So why was there a bowling alley, right? Every villain does need a bowling Like I'm kind of now into it, right? But it's just in LA and Hollywood, they would have like put, they would have put what they call like, I forget, I don't even actually don't even know what they call it to be honest, but they would have put like basically a block in front of that bowling alley and made it into like a fireplace or something. They would have completely covered it as a bowling alley. But that's what I love about K-dramas. They're like, it's a bowling alley. Nobody cares. Just go. We'll just use the lane. It's perfect. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's just like, okay. It's just, are we going to use one of the pins? Is, is the guy going to pull a pin and like hit him in the head with it? Like we get nothing. Nope. Didn't even acknowledge there was a bowling alley middle of this like historical cultural uh, uh, archives lair. We're not, we're not watching taxi driver, Jen. I don't think. <laughs> I was just like, anyway, I just had to bring that up. Cause I was just like, why is there a bowling alley in the middle of this set? <laughs> just like, okay. Sure. Oh God. All right, you guys. So that was Steeler Treasure Keeper. So it sounds like that, that was our favorite premiere of the week, but not everyone wasn't really super, super on board with it. So the other one that I watched this week was Bora Debra. I actually really enjoyed. At first, I was a little, I was very hesitant with the concept, right? The concept is, is that she is a relationship kind of radio expert, right? And so she gives expert advice on how to be in a relationship. You and Na, who she, I forget how good she is at comedy. And I don't mean over the top comedy where you're just like, that's a lot. You need to stop now. But I'm talking about just line delivery and just being funny, right? She's so good at it. And her boyfriend is Huang Chang Sung. And he's hilarious and just being just a doofus, right? But she wants, she thinks they're getting engaged because they've been dating for a while. And she is a relationship expert. And then Yoon Hyun-min, who's playing Lee Soo-hyuk, which I really wish it was. I mean, listen, I love Yoon Hyun-min, but you guys know my love of Lee Soo-hyuk. So I would pass out. And so he is an editor and a publisher, right? And so this is his boss over here, Joe Sung-wook. And he wants to get our girl, 
Yumbara's new book on their shelves, okay? And our boy Isu Hyuk is like, no, this is stupid. Their chemistry is good. The imaginary scenes were hilarious. I just really, it was fun. And I thought that the, I thought the best scenes though, you guys, were when she would, when our girl Bora was in the radio studio and just eviscerating girls who were sending in their stories about how badly their boyfriends treated them and how can they make it work. And she's like, you can't make it work. Why would you let him do that to you? You just need to walk away. You're going to find a new man. I was just like, I love her so much. And I love the whole radio, that whole setup. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to go the distance. Their chemistry is kind of cute, but it's, you know, typical. He's a cranky man who thinks what she has to say is just not, it's not important or stupid. And she's, you know, she's a woman who loves love. And it's just, it does. It seems very, it seems very retread. But I will say the writing actually shockingly is not horribly cringe inducing, which I thought was what was going to happen. Some of the analogies though, y'all, I really did appreciate. My first note is this dating equals an interview analogy bit is hilarious. She's talking to her friend who's doing her makeup to go on this big date with her boyfriend. So it's like the writing is pretty good, but overall, I, you know, I'm going to keep going, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to go the distance. I did love the fact that our boy Isuhyuk gets dumped in the first episode because he's not a good boyfriend at all. Is it the same tone as business proposals? I say yes and no. Where I thought business proposal was more, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably pretty similar. I I actually thought the writing in this one in Bora, Deborah is actually in this, I don't know how to explain it, but it's smarter. Like you can tell that they are trying to say something, which is interesting. Where I did feel like business proposal was more of just your standard rom-com-y setup, right? And it was hilarious. It was very well written. It was a very good comedy. But I feel like Bora Deborah is kind of doing more of that. It's doing more of that looking at relationships through the lens of a romantic comedy of how people expect relationships to become. But it's definitely in the same tone as enjoyable, like fun. Like I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really fun two episodes. All right, let's take a look at just quickly, because I don't think anyone else watched them, but these were the other two premieres that we had this week. We had Pale Moon. Did anyone watch Pale Moon? And we had Queenmaker on that list. I apologize, y'all. I completely forgot about it, which tells you how interested I was in watching it. And then Dr. Cha. And I feel like everyone kind of raged about the Dr. Cha thing. And we kind of started with that. Those are our premieres. So let's take a look at our finale because I feel like that's really where the juice is coming in this in this, in this K-drama coffee break today. Our finales were Our Blooming Youth, Call It Love, which I don't think anyone on in our crew is watching. The Queenmaker was a one-off. So there we go. Taxi Driver 2, An Unintentional Love Story. So let's just start. Let's just start with Monday and work our way across. Our blooming youth, y'all. Holy bejesus. The amount of notes that I wrote on this, and I was just basically yelling. I had to like actually review my notes because it was so anticlimactic that I barely remember what happened. I don't understand the whys of why this story became the story. 20 episodes. 20, y'all. Just to get to the point where, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys. But I think we had gave they gave us 20 episodes all to get to the point where the crown prince goes to the people who were accused to be bandits and gives them the support of the palace, which was the whole fight for the entire show. So and then the queen, who was a, of the Song clan from this town that got decimated, which I'm not because of. I, I honestly don't even know why this town got decimated. I, oh, they sent a petition to the governor and the governor then decimates the town. And she's pregnant when this happens. It's just, it's just so convoluted all to get down to the point where the queen was one of these people miraculously ends up becoming the queen pregnant with her husband's baby from this town and then decides to wreak revenge on the entire king clan of the Yi family. Absolutely. Second male lead, unnecessary heartbreak. They really could not have given him that paint. Exactly. It was completely unnecessary. But at the end, he's just like, it's okay. I'm good. I just... <laughs> he's like, have you gone to Minji yet? Because she shouldn't be sitting there alone, buddy. And I'm just like, Okay, I mean, I'm glad you weren't like a crazy weirdo that, yeah, I just like, like, 
the sergeant is this, I, and again, I like literally put little musical notes around it because he's the smartest man in the room. The man was the smartest man in the room. I don't understand how he didn't get a better storyline. I think if it was a 12 episode quick paced show, we all would be raving about it right now because the story was there. The actors were there. It was essentially a revenge story from the queen whose family and townspeople have been decimated because what she thought was the king didn't support her. And then she finds out like this revenge plan, like just was really badly executed. She doesn't find out until like 10 years later that it wasn't the king that did this, but it was her uncle that set everything up. Like what have you been doing for 10 years being the queen? Like you have access lady, like figure this shit out. Let's make some moves. Instead, she just basically, and she didn't even kill off the first crown prince. She just wants to get rid of the second crown prince. It's like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? <laughs> That's the kiss that we get after 20 episodes. Like, if you're going to tease this whole thing, like, at least make it memorable. It was just like that smash your faces together. I thought that the relationship that the crown prince and Ninja had, it was enjoyable to a point, but I didn't think they had burning chemistry. Like, I wasn't, like, completely enthralled by it, but they had a beautiful friendship that evolved into romance, which was nice. I thought that our coroner and his assistant slash girlfriend i loved them to the end like they were hilarious i thought that the relationship that the crown prince had with his siblings was beautiful and that he sent his his deposed actually not even deposed i don't even know what you would call it when you find out that your grand prince brother is actually the son of someone else but he sent him to the our sergeant governor of the of the town you know so he took care of all these people when we say stick the landing this did anything but it was just oof all right, so I think we've spent enough time basically saying our blooming youth did not stick the landing. Thank you, our blooming youth, and moving on. All right, nobody really watched Call It Love, and then we've got Unintentional Romance. So let us know how did it end. Did it stick um, the landing? I, oh, yeah, I, saw on Twitter, the I, landing. I saw on Twitter that you yeah. gave it a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah, it stuck the landing. The uh, I had only, like, one thing I did not like about it. So because So I saved last week's episodes because right. remember i only saw that one minute clip on twitter and cried so i had to cry again this week oh, that God. scene i need behind the scenes of that breakup scene like it was heartbreaking between the Aww. two of them like Aww. it was ridiculous okay. and they acted it so well so yeah. and it did happen in episode eight so like episode seven was them being all like lovey-dovey both of them and then episode eight was the breakup and and it was a breakup, but also Taejun, the the Chasewan's character, uh-huh. he still he like contacted the company, he signed the contract for him anyway, he got his position back. Like even though he was like heartbroken and like just devastated by this betrayal, he still like was a nice guy and like made sure that he got his job back and whatever. Even though he was miserable in this job. Um, episode nine, we get a save scene, which is like the, the thing. So episode nine, he's working at this company, Gong Chan's character, and he like he basically is like, I will do whatever I can to get in the vicinity of Taejun at all times. And to tell him I am not like I did not intentionally. So here's where the title comes in. So um... we have intentional betrayal and heartbreak which was Taejun's boyfriend like uh-huh. boyfriend and Aww. then we have unintentional betrayal which was Hong <sighs> Chan's betrayal because he right. didn't anticipate falling in love he didn't anticipate the whole shenanigans whatever sure. he unintentionally hurt sure. this guy and had an unintentional love story with Taejun so that's where the whole Right. Thing came into play. Nice. So he is like basically does what Taejun did when he was trying to figure out his feelings, but the opposite. So he was always in the vicinity of Taejun, but letting him have space, but also letting him know like he's not giving up on him. He's <gasps> going to be there. You will understand that I am not your ex boyfriend. I did not use you intentionally. I will be there for you when you come around. Oh, right? so. Then episode nine happens, and he intentionally gets himself assigned to a project that Taejun is working on. 
So mm-hmm. he has to go and get like a contract signed or something. So he travels out to like the workshop. Taejun had this like other student slash teacher helping him out with his kiln and like making sure as one does as one does. And I wasn't quite sure what his illness was. I apparently he like just drank a lot and I don't know, didn't hydrate or something. I don't know. So he gets (laughs) sick and he faints and he knocks over a bunch of logs and Gonchon's character is standing there and dives over him and gets hit with the logs. So that's true. That doesn't say true love. I don't know what does. So Taejun comes out and finds him injured and like freaks out and they both take him to the hospital and whatever, whatever. And you can obviously tell he still cares about him. Yes. At the breakup scene in episode eight, Taejun tells Gonchon, like, if you had come clean to me, I probably would have forgiven you. But the fact that I gave you the chance and you still didn't take it because you were right. scared of what happens, that, like, just put more hurt on, threw more salt on the wound. So basically, they, again, are just working in the vicinity, try to have, like, Gonchon tries to have conversations in episode nine. He kind of shuts him out. And then... Gonchon walks out of the building and sees Taejun with his ex-boyfriend getting into a cab. And there's this <gasps> understanding where Gonchon's like, okay, now I'm mad at you because you obviously have forgiven your ex-boyfriend. And why aren't you forgiving me? So he kind of goes off the radar. He, he's gotcha. supposed to have this meeting and he doesn't answer his phone, especially when Taejun is calling or whatever. And he finally picks up at the end of episode nine and Taejun like freaks out. He's like in this meeting and he stands up after constantly calling him. And Ganjan basically is like, I'm giving up. You got into that taxi with your ex. I've tried all I can try to convince you that I'm not going anywhere and I'm sorry. And that kind of put in a light bulb with Taejun saying like, oh, crap, I need to go do something because it's clearly a misunderstanding. And then episode 10 is him running and, like, explaining the situation (sighs) and then making up and then celebrating Christmas together and all that stuff. The only thing I will say, the second couple did not get enough screen time. Damn it! That's a couple Um, I really was into. (laughs) It's... You know it that. had a very open ending for them. It had a tragic backstory. Oh, oh god. my god. So okay. we find out the reason why the coffee owner does not like has kind of been pushing the guy off yeah. is because the coffee owner's father found out that he was uh, in like high school, found out that he was gay and he like kicks him out and Ooh. beats him up. So he's like on this step like this front stoop of the waiter's mother's house in high school. And the mother comes up and is just like, I'll take you in. I'll take care of you. I'll Aww. support you. Like win for good Korean mothers here. Right. But that also like caused him to not want to be with her son because she didn't, he didn't want to like harm the, um, the relationship that he had with the mother. So that's why he's kind of been pushing off. But then but one time Min's character like does not give up. Like there was, <laughs> comedic, there was this comedic scene at the in the episode 10 where he like overhears the coffee shop owner talking with somebody else about like going to Spain and how he loves the Spanish language <laughs> and how he loves the Spanish accent. And one time Min, like the next scene you see him like avidly studying something and you don't know what it is and the coffee shop owner walks up and is like oh my god i'm so proud of you you're studying for the geds whatever whatever and wate men's like looks up and starts speaking to him and the coffee shop owner's like what are you doing is he's like answers him in spanish again um and like he just keeps like telling and they're at the christmas dinner and he keeps like Wante Min keeps like, do I have to learn Spanish now? Like, what what am I? So, and then at the <clears throat> Christmas dinner, Wante Min, his character, every time the coffee shop owner puts down a wine glass, Wante Min will pick it up and drink from the same, like the exact <laughs> same spot that the coffee shop owner drank from because he's kissing him because <laughs> so, he can't get a kiss from the person that he likes. 
Um, and then at the very end, we get a back hug, but that's pretty much it. Like, we don't get okay. confirmation. There's Maybe together. like Semantic Error, we will get a season two. Yeah, I really, I'm really hoping we'll get a season two and, like, see their whole relationship kind of flourish even more. Maybe even yeah. have that be based off of it. But it's not like a sad ending for them. Right. It's just no, very no. open-ended. It's like you I'm don't not- know where it's going. I'm um, actually okay with that. That's awesome. Yeah, it joins at least, it joins Blooming and Semantic Error for me in my top five. Okay. I definitely, I, I apologize. Every week I said I was going to watch it. And I think I told you this before we went live. I'm always like, I'm going to watch it because I have to watch it off grid, right? So I am in my Roku and I'm hitting the Vicky and the Cocoa and the, all the things that can be on my Roku, right? And I'm like, oh, I'll watch that later. Mm-hmm. And I always, because it's shorter, right? But then I forget that I'm so behind that it's still three hours of television. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm out of time. (laughs) But I am going to watch it because you've had such good things to say. But Chasawan's acting was, yeah, I mean, all of their acting was, all of their acting was great. But Chasawan really, I mean, I went into this drama loving him, but he really stood out. Oh, that's great. But even like, let me just say too, if you like a good coat, fashion show you know i love a good coat yeah you even get ganchan and good looking turtles and coats by the end of this drama like it's just a coat fashion show i love a good coat fashion show and also let me just say oh and then we had a really really nice confrontation with the ex-boyfriend in episode 10 with ganchan not even chasa oh Um, because he's he was a jerk to the very end the jerk all right, it sounds very, very fun. I can't wait to dive into it. And just I'm going to be able to binge the whole thing. It's going to be fantastic. I am, I didn't watch the first two episodes. I need to watch the rest of them. All right, you guys. So let's dive into, and if you have not already heard, the Taxi Driver finale. Taxi Driver has already been renewed for a season three. Yep. And I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, the I ratings, think... it was 20% plus on the ratings. It does not Wait, surprise but did you me. see that episode 15 was, like, in the toilet with ratings? Like, their ratings dropped like a stone. And then the, the finale was, like, it just rose from the ashes. Phoenix, like, I was like, <laughs> what is happening with this show? I should probably just say... If you've not watched the finale and you do not want to be spoiled, spoilers ahoy. We're talking the finale. If you want to leave, tap out now. But we are about to talk Taxi Driver 2. Am I the only person that is just hoping that Jinjaya's character actually was not dead. I'm going to start from the back and we're going to work our way through. I First and foremost, you all know my love of Shinjaya of this show, right? Caitlin? Yes. Dr. Chi actually on Twitter said this, and I have to agree with her. My ability to suspend my disbelief was starting to wane by the end of season two. Where they're taking season three, okay. it looks like they're going to give us Moon Che Wan. Hopefully, I would love that. There obviously was some history with whatever happened on that military base. So I was kind of into that. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of intrigued. But here's my biggest, my biggest quibble with Taxi Driver 2. You had this amazing character, and I'm going with the Shinji uh, situation. This amazing character that came in as a puppy taxi driver slash villain that we kind of only touched on for episodes. Then in the final episode, we find out not only was this poor boy, this whole show is about saving people from being horribly abused, right? This poor boy not only was trafficked, but then was so manipulated that he killed his own father who was looking for him. Uh-huh. How was this not a bigger story point? I was real. I really, I was really bummed out that that was not a bigger story point. And there was a bit more redemption available for this poor child. And I really, as I said on Twitter, I think that Shinji Ah does a great job as a villain, but in the next show, I need him either to be a villain who loves the villainy, like he totally embraces it and he became a villain because he wants to be a villain, or we need to have him just be a good guy because I can't watch another character of his take a header off a building because the society wronged him as a child and made him into a complete lunatic. And just, that's my biggest quibble. What are you, what do you think about that? I didn't mind the ending. <laughs> I mean, I did not foresee either him or the priest lasting to season three. So I didn't I ad- either. I, was, I anticipated I the death. I was okay with him dying. I'm not. It's not that I, I wasn't okay with him dying. I just felt that character was so richer than what they gave it the opportunity to breathe and, and explore. 
I thought. Like, how do you think they would have expanded on it? I don't know. Other than adding, like, another episode. I have to say, Mr. Jong is the smartest man in the room. I don't care. I mean, I love E. J. Hoon. He's amazing. But Mr. Jong is really the one who figured everything out. He's the one who always is like, oh, yeah, I found this. Oh, I was handed this. Oh, look at this. Like, I love him, right? I absolutely love him. I wish we could have found out earlier about this backstory for oh Hajun, right? And then right. he could have gone to jail. He could have been utilized later in a, maybe a season three. He didn't need to die. I mean, he kind of needed to die because he killed his own dad. But I just, I just, I thought that it was just kind of a waste of a of a setup. I mean, it just seemed like such a, such a huge thing. He wasn't just a one off character, right? Mm-hmm. He was a character we had spent sixteen episodes with, right? So yeah, I just, I thought he was, I thought he was underutilized. I thought for someone that Mr. Jong actually kind of felt some compassion for that they really acted super casual about him taking a header off a building and then just drove off with him laying there. I was like, what? What's going on? He's got his feet kicked up, talking to people on the radio, directing traffic so they can get out of there. Okay. I was like, he's dead. He's bleeding out off the building. Like, hello? Nope. Okay. I didn't mind the ending because it was a redemptive thing for him. It was also a revenge thing for him. I didn't. I honestly didn't mind the ending because I. I think that was his only option. Doctor Chi, you said we didn't see remorse for killing Dad. I don't think he needed to show remorse. His remorse was killing the priest for him. That was his remorse. I thought it was a very fitting ending because he took his revenge. He. I mean, he didn't want to stay locked in a jail cell. He would have killed himself anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll give you all that, but I feel like he. I feel like there was. You just there, don't. You just want him to show up in season three. That is what I you do. want him. I it's do. not necessarily you were not okay with the ending. You just wanted yeah. him to be in season three. You know what? I would have been okay. Here's here. Let me, let's back up. So I think the ending would have his, his ending would have been okay with me if he had learned about it a little bit sooner, right? And maybe helped our rainbow taxi people to do that one last thing, right? I just felt like they played him as the maniacal, like off kilter villain up until the end and then gave him a very rushed ending. I mean, I will agree. I think they could have done more with this character, maybe with the ending. I think the ending would have been the same. Like, even if they had revealed that to him in episode 13 or 14, his whole thing was he saved the guy from getting shot. Like, that was his, that was his thing. Absolutely. And I don't revealing his past to him or whatever him taking his own life because he didn't want to be locked up and getting his revenge at the same time like he did with that one action he did all of the things people have been asking for then maybe maybe my complaint is that it was rushed it's not that I dislike yeah. the ending I just felt I just that it was I very ever, rushed I, I guess I don't see how it could not have played out that way like how it wouldn't seem rushed even if they revealed it in episode 14 or 13 and gave us that same ending like maybe it seems rushed because they revealed it in episode 15 16 and then did it by the end but if they had done that if they had revealed it in 14 and 15 and kept the same ending would it have seemed rushed at the same time i don't know i I just didn't like it I mean, listen, I can debate the finer points of how it should have been written uh-huh. because of, you know, but I'm not the writer. I just, I, I was surprised they were still really fighting at the end despite his commission, but I feel like that was just a lot of like rage at each other overall. I felt like it was a missed and opportunity. And to the priest to come into the cage. That as well. That I was, feel that like was the had, whole reason. He had to lose so that the priest would come into the cage and that would happen, right? I don't know, Caitlin. I just, I felt like they set him up for more of a redemptive arc and then... It got a little wonky there. Maybe just as an acting standpoint, I thought Shinjae's chemistry with both Mr. Jong and Lee Jae-yoon was so good. Like, I feel like there was, I don't know. I just feel like they could have done more with that character, especially with the, the beefy backstory that they ended up giving him the last 10 minutes of the of the series. That's just my thought. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think the only other option, if he hadn't dove off this thing, he would have ended up like everybody else who was in that church. Right. No, I know. I know. I know. And left in a but jail maybe he cell been, with nobody. He could have been a consultant. Out. He can be a consultant in season three and Mr. John can go I, and visit honestly, him. Honestly, though, I think he had, I mean, he had too many <laughs> sins. I don't think, you want him just in season three. He had too many sins. There was no way he, he was going to be in season Way three. too many. Way too many. And I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not saying he didn't. 
I'm just saying, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I think if they would have taken off maybe four of those murders, he would have been redeemable. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. My original K-drama crush showed up at the end, Kim Soo-yeon. Oh, you know what? I don't know her at all, but she looked fucking amazing. Oh my God, right? she's amazing. She was in Penthouse. She's like one of the lead actresses yeah. in Penthouse. I didn't she's going to come, she's the... She's going to show up in the new Tale of Nine Tales one. Oh, that's right. She's, yes. That's right. I did see that. Yes. She's our new lead but in that. That's going to be great. proves that this whole taxi thing is like a global operation because she was in Japan when she got called. So, but is it a global operation or did she just stop being the driver and move to Japan? I mean, the man had like nine full phones. He did phone. have a bunch so, of cell phones. He did I'm have- assuming either, yeah, she might have been retired and moved to Japan or she just handles the Japanese territory. (laughs) I want her. I want her in season three. That is I want her in season three. I want her in season three. I would love to see more of her. As I said, I'm very intrigued by what their backstory is because she obviously, as I feel like Moon Wan does really, really well. She like told an entire backstory of Mm -hmm. of emotional entanglement and like one one salute. She's so good. Right. He just walked right past her. So I'm really looking into that. The cameos were great. I really, I think going back, I apologize. We're now going back. I think (laughs) just, just, we're going to move quickly through this, but just kind of talking about the story. I just feel like the Bishop manipulating the Anha Jun character into killing his own father was such Mm -hmm. a huge plot point Mm -hmm. that I felt like it just deserved more attention. That's basically what I was like, holy shit. Even in my notes, it's in all caps. I mean, I pretty much talk in all caps. So I I guess (laughs) it shouldn't be shocking that my notes. I mean, I will. I will agree. I I do agree with you. I do not think season two was as good as season one. But I will say I probably liked it better than you did. Probably. Because like I looked on MDL. I gave season one like an 8.5. I give this probably like an eight. Okay. So. I remember what I gave season one. I don't remember. I enjoyed season one. I think. Dr. G, oh, what God. happened to the church people? The church people, remember the two, like, mechanic people put, like, sleeping gas or something in that church? And then they basically <laughs> locked them all in jail cells and right. left them there. Like, nobody's there to let them out. It was abandoned <laughs> prison. So all these people... What, what is with Mr. Jong locking people up in hideaway prisons that, know, that right? nobody has access to? God, like, please. What? We don't know if that drug dealer from season one is dead. Please let her show up again. Her, oh my God, I her and love Kim So Young together. Oh my God, I would, I would love, love that. that. I would, I love, would that. love that. Yeah, I would absolutely love. What I just, but love, yes, oh. that's what happened yeah. to the church people. Is they basically yeah. got put in jail and with like throw the key away. <laughs> yeah. Can we also talk? I this is completely superficial, but dear God, the wigs that they made these poor men, the mechanics wear. Like I just, <laughs> I just could not anymore. I mean, I the know point it, was I know like the was... comedic was like they did. I wish. I hope Isan comes back. God, I hope great. she comes back. I, hope I so. really do. Yeah. I really do. I like. I would love to see her in season. I two. kind of. I miss, mean, I mean, maybe that was honestly. That's a, that comes a good idea in terms of high in the sky. Isam in season three. Maybe that was one thing we were missing in season two. They had no prosecution connection. They did, but it was so loose. It was, it was loose. Like the guy just woke up. I, yeah. I did have to laugh in like episode 16. Maybe he just like waltzed into the prosecutor office into their case files with like no key or whatever. And like just like went to the case file. I was like, if you saw if a prosecutor was on their team, the prosecutor would have gotten that. Right. Problem. Like, and that's I, I think there's that, one thing that they yeah. did miss. Yeah. I feel like you're correct. I think they did miss that aspect as well. I just thought, again, it goes back to my suspension of disbelief. I have a really good time with it. It's very much fantasy fulfillment of righting wrongs and getting justice for people. And I really do enjoy that. But at some point you're just like, wait, what? How, how are you here? Like, what is happening? Is this part of the plan? Like what? I do hope season three kind of goes and i think you'll agree with this and i'm sure everybody in the chat will too i hope season three kind of goes back to the formula of season one where because i i didn't mind the weekly cases in season two what i did mind is that it all connected to one big bad guy again i don't i i maybe i'm just getting sick of that because i watch so many crime dramas but like i hate i kind of hate that unless they build it up like 
like decoy, for example, kind of built that from the very beginning. Yeah. I don't really like that anymore. And so I'm hoping make we probably like maybe we'll get a big bad guy in season three, but maybe set it up from like episode 10 or something episode right. nine and that's the thing like they just magically all of the people who got in their taxi was somehow related to the bishop <laughs> like right, it's just like right really yeah. it wasn't like they started something and they're like this is a this is an intricate network of crime and we will go after it it was just like oh 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 they're all connected it's like wait what come on but so. I think they threw him in because they needed a final boss. That's they that's did. what they needed. No. They needed a final boss, and even though your guy, yeah, oh, wasn't God. wasn't the final boss. <laughs> he was the He's mini so boss good. before yeah. the final. He was a boss. mini boss. He was a mini but boss that was manipulated into being down his boss. Well, you. I mean, so. you got your answer. He's going to be another drama full of villains. So maybe that will be your answer. I hope he's like a villain, like he's the mastermind. Like I would enjoy that. Yeah. Like enjoy your villainy, not like oh my god, I was manipulated as a small child into killing my dad. Like what? Like what is the story? <laughs> and I think like, that's it. Yeah. I agree with you, high in the sky. Like they did replace a lot of that heartfelt stuff that you enjoyed and the relationships between people with a lot of the wacky comedy. And I enjoy mm-hmm. comedy, but I was just like, is this really who's believing what is happening right now? Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but it was like almost like watching sketch comedy, like massive amounts of sketch comedy just strung together. His lunatic in the prison, I was just like, what? He had a lot of fun with that character. He did. I mean, he had a great time. I'm not saying he didn't have a great time, but as someone who was watching it, I felt like I was back at Second City watching a lot of really bad sketch where I'm just like, what is happening? Okay. Like, I get it. I get the joke. Moving on. Oh, you're still doing that. Okay. For 10 minutes. Yeah, they really just kind of ramped that up. Can we just say we never went back to that first case in TD2? I know. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I realized that as well. Like, what was that? What was that case? Maybe it's season three. Maybe they right? introduced season three at the beginning of season two. <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right, y'all. We still have shows to talk about. So let's do it. It's already one. We've already been talking for an hour. I want to say thank you to everyone who encouraged me to drop Romantic Guest House. Because I did. <laughs> I dropped it. All right, Caitlin. I don't know if we've got 15 minutes for Oasis, but go. It has become the revenge show that I absolutely love. Excellent. So, All right. So is yeah. it becoming the Count of Monte Cristo? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Excellent. So okay. it's my favorite, the one I'm watching. And okay. basically they're just gearing up for the revenge that's going to happen. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. So Oasis. basically he survived being shot. What? He survived being <laughs> shot. He ends up in Japan. This is what amount of Count of Monte Cristo comes in. Right. Survives being shot, ends up in Japan, gets taken in by a Korean businessman and heals and works for him. He works for the Yakuza. So now he has like additional scars on him. Wait, it's Mr. Sunshine? What's happening? (laughs) And three years go by. So he's in Japan for three years and everybody thinks he's dead. So he eventually makes his way back to Korea. No one knows he's alive. Oh, it's totally the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, totally. And he's working for this businessman in Korea. So he has a ton of money now. Like not a ton, but he has money. And right. he starts like buying up these properties for this businessman. And the businessman, I'm not sure if he knows his whole backstory, uh-huh. but he saved his butt multiple times in Japan. So he's like, just go be my person and you can go back to Korea. So his three like ex gangster people went to prison again and came out and decided to start their restaurant. So he walks into a restaurant and it's his three gangster buddies cooking up a storm he sits down and he like makes this like demand like comedic demand of like i'm gonna buy your restaurant and you guys are gonna work for me and like they turn around ready to beat him up and then he like is like it's me so they have a really nice reunion and everything but he doesn't show up to the prosecutor best friend guy he doesn't show up to his ex-girlfriend and also yes yes to the girl because after three years she is still rejecting the best friend oh good okay <laughs> so, well, done. Except, well done so the big reveal the big huge thing that happened in terms of drama wise was the grieving mother Duhok's mother gets drunk and so she's now drinking a lot 
and tells the girl, the girlfriend, Junction. She tells Junction that Cholwoon, the best friend prosecutor, is her son in a drunken thing. And then, like, the next day, like, plays it off like she was drunk or whatever, but basically Junction knows now. So then you have, like, Duhok driving around and kind of keeping tabs on people secretly and whatever. No one knows he is alive. And then at the end of episode 12, he shows up to Junction and says, I'm still alive and gives her a back hug. And Hey, babe. Everything like that. And also, Chobun is still a tool. Yes, he is still a tool. Pretty uh-huh. much built up to be a revenge, and everybody's in it to help with the revenge at the end. And this is totally Count of Monte Cristo. And I'm nice. Uh, we got four episodes to see it all happen. If he if he bricks him into a wall, then we're really going to... Yeah. Ooh, yeah. All right. The mother told Junction that and we saw this in the trailer, but how the mother told Junshin is like, he wants, she asked her to marry Chulwung because he was, she was like, he's my only kid left. I want him to be happy. That's pretty much what she said. So, and then the mother, the, the, the prosecutor, best friend, mother is still a crazy person. And just like, she needs, she needs, I hope her ending is satisfying because she deserves everything coming at her. Maybe (laughs) she'll take a header off a building. (laughs) i honestly hope i i mean i think these could go two ways it could go the count of monte cristo way where they kind of right duhawk does a little shenanigans in the background and they kind of destroy themselves or destroy the friends themselves like Mm -hmm. through through not his own doing at all and but then we see in the preview that he finds out that his father was murdered by the spy guy so in the preview, Ooh. he like kidnapped the spy guy and has a gun to his head. So I don't uh-huh. know if he's going to murder the spy guy himself, but I am still loving it. It's still my favorite drama I'm watching. Excellent. I, I'm in it to win it. It's the Count of Monte Cristo all the way, and I'm here for it. Excellent. I feel like that is calling a lot of us. We're like, is that it? Okay, I'm in. I love it. All right. All right, guys. So let's talk about Chosen Lawyer. I didn't dislike it. Caitlin, are you watching Chosen Attorney? You are not. You I are, am, but, but, I am but I have not seen this week's episodes. I feel like you were the one to call this one a few weeks back. We, these two are betrothed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But she's like, you, buddy, your dad killed my dad. I'm out. Pretend yeah. you don't know me. Right. I felt like it was a, I really feel like these two episodes this week were more about giving us a little bit more backstory on everybody. So it was satisfying. Here's the thing about Chosen Attorney, which I'm loving. These two, their chemistry is so good. And I love watching Udo Wong and Bona together. Their chemistry is really, I think, what's keeping me going. And the comedy is keeping me going. Like, this is a really good romantic comedy. Obviously, there's a ton of tragic backstory, which is, you know, getting a little, like, good lord, the case this week? God, dark. The woman, like, killed this woman, the other, the the chatty woman with a hoe and stabbed her, like, ten times. I mean, did she deserve it? Yes because she's awful. But I think we're also starting to see the cracks in Kang Han Su's revenge story where he's like, this is not as satisfying as I was hoping. What is happening? Like, what? This was my whole purpose in life. But he's starting to fall for our girl, our princess. And I've really kind of enjoyed that. And that's, I mean, that's really it. Like, you know, they just have great chemistry. He's got the chemistry between all the main four is really, I'm loving it. The fact that the women are jumping on horses and like saving the boys, I also am loving. You know, I just, I'm just really enjoying the found family that's occurring. So that's, I think, what's happening. But story-wise, I just don't feel like we we learned a little bit more about the backstory. We learned that Kang Han-soo has a sister that is that got married off very young before everything happened. And so she's in another town and he hasn't seen her in forever. She knows nothing about her parents. We learned that Bona's character, the princess, is actually engaged to the Yuji son character. And he's obviously, we I think we learned last week, was he's her anonymous benefactor. So we did that. We are still discovering that UJC is still into his pottery. And he's breaking a lot of his pottery. And evil as crap. Like the most evil. I feel like that actor plays evil all the time. All the time. Like he's <laughs> always time. like cacklingly evil. It right? also seems he's always playing him evil in the Joseon era dramas. He, he I is think- well suited for evil yeah, Joseon era. I have not opinion. seen him playing evil or good in a modern drama in a very long time. (laughs) Right? I also saw on Twitter that the Emperor might be connected to Wudowan's character. Ooh! Like, he was the reason, which I'm not, I'm hoping that's not the case, 
like you he know was what? the reason he was... for his family or something. I apologize. This dude was the father in my liberation notes. That's why he looks familiar. The evil guy? Yeah. Evil guy oh, was the father okay. in my liberation I didn't watch notes. liberation notes, so. Oh yeah, he was also in Beyond Evil, but I don't remember who he played in Beyond Evil. He was the the captain of the of the station that he got exiled to. Oh right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. We just kind of are getting a little bit. It's getting the fuller story. We know that our two guys they've been friends since they were children, so that's where that connection is. There's a lot of backstory I felt like this week, but basically just solidified that I can't wait for the romance to really start pinging with these two because they have great romantic comedy chemistry and i dig mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so that's really all i got unfortunately for chosen attorney there really wasn't a lot story-wise that happened but um yeah all right next up is all right caitlin decoy season two go yes. i did not catch all of episode three but i caught the first half and i felt like the biggest piece of information they've ever dropped in the last what 10 episodes <laughs> they dropped in the first 30 minutes of episode three Yes. Her mom has been dead the entire time and she's mm-hmm. just having some men- she's having a mental breakdown. Yep. Like yes. show I And I like- loved how that was revealed. It was amazing, that. wasn't it? That was revealed. Did you have any idea? No, not at all. I was like, None. oh my God. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was not. And it sounded like-, like it was like pretty much close to when her dad died. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like dad went up in a ball of flame and then mom was like, the guilt was too much and like just took a header off a building. Yeah. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. I was not ready for that at all. Right. Right. It was a really good reveal. Did yeah. they reveal any other big juicy things in these two episodes? They no. just reveal that the main guy is a badass, the main cop guy. I love him so much. <laughs> I do. I really so like him. They did also kind of reveal a decoy. <laughs> Like the oh, okay. why it might be called they they actually said decoy in the in I the saw game. that I did get that far and they were like he's he's giving he's throwing out a decoy and I'm a like decoy. oh <laughs> so that would, yeah the, I mean the rest of the drama was a lot of backstory in terms of what happened with the main evil guy in China like oh, what right. happened after he went back to China or what escaped to China with the secretary she turned into a drunk person she couldn't handle what they had done and then she went back to Korea and that's when the first murder happened because she was the first <gasps> one to be murdered. She was the first one. Okay. Yeah. So oh, I don't they feel kind like of we're like getting... filled in that gap between him okay. escaping to China and her first murder. So are we getting any closer to finding out who actually is killing all these people? No, that's going to be revealed in five and six. We definitely have a face now. We do have a face. Oh, we, we know it's okay. face. But we don't recognize like, them. We have no idea who this dude is. Unless, <laughs> unless I'm it. forgetting something. But like, we have a face. We also know some people did see his face. So oh. like, so there was a scene where like when she was murdered, the, the secretary, the there was a guy who died by fake suicide. He was actually murdered. The That's college so students, the right. college students that came out of prison. So when he when he got picked up from prison, he got picked up by one of the cops. Right. And the cop was like, okay, I'm going to take you to this town. You're going to get a job there. You're going to start a new life. And he was all, okay, okay, I'll go do that. And he was like, but we have to make a stop first. And it happened mm-hmm. to be this woman's apartment building. And he was like, you need to go drop this package off at a door. That's all you need to do. Like, that's it. So then he comes back. I, at first, when he walked in, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be set up by something. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Or they're going to blow the building or something. That Stop didn't it. happen. So he comes back in, and he's like, okay, we're ready to go. And the cop is like, no, we're going to wait a little bit. There's somebody else. And then comes this guy covered, in, like, absolutely covered in blood, stepping oh. into this van. And he pulls off his mask. And it's a guy that I didn't recognize. So, <laughs> Big reveal. Guy, Who are you? But he was the guy. He murdered the secretary in that building. <gasps> oh, so okay. he was the hitman or whoever. It was clear somebody had hired him to do it. Yeah. And he, they finally revealed who was actually killing this person. But it, it was very clear he's a hitman. Like, it's very clear he was hired to do it. He hired to kill. Okay. We also find out why they've been killing these people. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. The reason on why they're killing these co-conspirators is Uh because the main cult guy, back in the day before they went to China, was Uh melting down gold, whatever they collected, into these gold bars. Right. And he hid them somewhere. Oh. And no one knows where they are so 
one, they were trying to get that information out of the co-conspirators, <gasps> which didn't happen because they killed them eventually. But two, they were killing them to get the guy back in Korea so they could get to him and themselves. Okay, I did see that part. I didn't see that up to that, but I did see that the big part of it was like, if we, they said if we brought no back, we, we would stop all this stuff. I did see that. Yeah. Okay. So we found out the reason why they're killing. They found out who was killing him. It's very clear he's a hitman and very clear he was hired to do it. So um, we just now, now we need to know yeah. who hired him to do it. Yeah. Okay. We got this really cool chase scene because now, essentially, as now, what has happened at the end is the cult guy who's in Korea, like he's in a safe house. Okay. With the cops. The cops now are protecting him because they've like now realize he's going to get killed. Because there was this oh, whole yeah. car chase scene and kidnapping scene and all this stuff. The other thing, the reason why I'm saying it was a badass move by the main cop guy is the decoy, when they said, like, oh, it's a decoy, he said, I think it was the end of episode three. He had his journalist person, after she had that breakdown and they had that whole conversation afterwards, they team up now. So now they're working together. And he's like, I believe this cult guy, no say, no saying... No Sing Yun, I think is his name. What is his name? Uh, no Sing Tonic. No Sing. Anyway, he's like, I believe the guy's alive. I believe he's in Korea. We need to draw him out somehow. So right, he I saw that journalist person go to this shady telephone place, pay a guy, and they sent multiple text messages to multiple important people, like the commissioner, the prosecutor, mm -hmm. commissioner, and that got them to all come to the police station at the commissioner's office, all in one room, and the cult guy walked into the police station to meet I them. saw him just yeah. casually stroll in. Okay, yeah. so I'm... Okay. Yeah. It, it is. It's so, no, no sangchan. So, cop guy is like, okay, he's in the building. We need to, like, make sure... We need to identify him. We need to make sure he's absolutely this guy. So he he's like, I don't even care if I'm fired or beaten up the next day. I'm waltzing into this room. And he waltzes into this commissioner's office with, like, three very important people plus the cult guy who's facing a window and not, like, looking very old. He's, like, keeps asking him, are you this guy? And, of course, he's, like, answering him in Chinese and saying, I don't know. I almost thought he was going to say, well, I know Chinese too, because I was a prosecutor. Right. Super smart. Yeah. He didn't do that. Okay. But it, what he did do is he confirmed that it wasn't the cult guy, but he walks out and his other buddy, like cops are like, okay, well, that didn't help. And he's like, no, it did. Because the three guys sitting on the couch were very nervous. They confirmed uh, it for us. Right. Yeah. So they basically tailed everybody as they left the police station, which is when the whole car chase and the whole kidnapping thing happened. So at the very end, we basically have them sitting in a safe house, which, again, he brought them to one of the murder victims' houses as a safe house. So he is like... Yeah, you're gonna, we're gonna protect you, but you're gonna rot here in the place that one of your people were murdered. Right. In. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he asked, right. like, why he was there. And the episode ends with, I am here to get my revenge. And I'm like, oh. wait, what revenge are you trying to get? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so, show. A, lot we're at, a lot we're at was actually revealed, but also not a lot was revealed at the oh. same time because right, we, two more we know two there's more a episodes. hitman and we don't know who hired him. Okay. So, yeah. All right, you guys. Let's just roll right into our open forum. I'm just going to give my shout out to my Pandora beneath this paradise. <laughs> this show is bonkers. It's not really that good. It makes no sense. Everyone is hysterical, but Lee Sung Yoon, what is it with all of my favorites in the last like 6 months have all been evil? Like all of my favorites have taken an evil role, but Lee Sung Yoon as an evil Ball, I didn't know I needed it this much. He's so good at it. I love it so much. So if you're looking for a, just a bonkers mock jump, I would definitely jump into that. The amount of story that they throw at us every episode, you're just like, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's stupid. But then Lee Sung Yoon walks in and says something. And I'm like, yes, I will keep watching. What else has everybody got out there? Uh, Calvin's watching Beef. Marco's watching Beef. Decker Chi also liked Beef a lot. Caitlin, is there anything else that you're watching? Because that's pretty much my list. I did not watch Eighth Sense this week. I plan on catch up next week, but... Okay. That's pretty much all I'm watching in terms of K-dramas right now. All right, guys, let's take a look at what we got next week. It's actually a much lighter week. 
Whew, look at that. It's beautiful. It's beauteous. We got Family the Unbreakable Bond. It is the Jung reunion of Jung Hook and Jung Nara, which is exciting. It's like their fourth drama together, which is amazing, which is, looks like it's going to be pretty funny. It's kind of the Mr. and Mrs. Smith sort of thing idea there, though I'm not sure how much Jung Nara's character knows. I don't think Jung Nara is a spy. <laughs> I don't think she is either, but there she has some secret going from what I've gathered, right? All the Liquors is finaling, but I don't think any of us were actually watching that one. The big one for me, though, y'all, is Duty After School is coming back on Friday. And we're going to get four episodes that are going to drop. Mute, please, if you have not finished season one. Can you guys take a look at this? Look at this poster. Here's my question for you. In this poster, we've got our dearly departed platoon leader. But he's the main focus of this poster. So here's my question. Did that show up because they did all the posters at once and this was supposed to be a one, like everything was supposed to drop at one time? Or is this poster coming out because he's alive? These are my questions. What do you think? I think everybody wants him to be alive. I know, right? I think everybody <laughs> wants him to be alive, right? Oh, my God. And then we also, this Friday, we have Decoy Season 2. All right, so it sounds like next week we'll be talking mostly about duty after school. So I'm super, super excited about that. All right, you guys, thank you so much. If you're hanging out in the live and you enjoyed this, give us a like if you could. It helps us out. If you're listening on any of the replays, whether it is the replay here on YouTube or on our podcast, give us a follow, give us a like, let us know what you're looking forward to. Thank you everyone for coming and hanging out with us and we will see you guys next week. Uh, bye. K-Trauma Coffee Break, signing off. Thank you.